You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the gamer lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Uh, my name is Matt and I will be interrupting your hangover today on this special New Year's Day edition. Uh, joining me will be Neil and Jeff. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you doing? Pretty well slept in, so I'm feeling good. Yeah, <laughs> that's very important on this day. Uh, not joining us today will be Ken. Uh, feel maybe he's a little under the weather. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, he, he wrote us a letter that said he was going to meet with some horticulturists to mm-hmm. uh, talk about uh, plant life, but then he met a guy who believes in a vow of silence, so apparently for 2018, he's not going to talk. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how long that lasts. Should make him an interesting co-host. Yeah. yeah, and he's here right now. He's just not talking. Yeah, we'll just keep him in the corner. All right, and for a rules breakdown, we're actually doing something a little different today. Uh, Neil, why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, so if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get a chance to record our rules breakdown uh, in basically any way you see fit and be as creative as you'd like. Uh, If you're at the $10 level, which is our U.S. champion level, or the $20 level, our intercontinental champion level, you get to send in a recording of the rules breakdown. And today's is from our friend and uh, former contestant on the show, Brent Bullmeyer. So thank you, Brent. Uh, It's a very inventive rules breakdown that we are going to play right now. And now a survivor of the podcast Triviality, who wishes to remain anonymous, tells us his harrowing story. So I signed up for Triviality. I, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but, you know, I'll, I'll see what I can piece together. They, they, they sat me and this other person down, and, and they asked us ten trivia questions. And they uh, gave us ten points for each one we got right. And then they did this this swing round, and they had a bunch of related questions, and they gave us more points for each of those that we got right. And, and you know, I was thinking maybe then that's it's over, but now there's ten more questions that are just like the first set, and I'm wishing this would end. So then they say it's time for the final round, and I'm starting to feel better, and then they make us bet the points that we already have, and, and these questions that they make us answer. I mean, I was glad it was over. I, I won, and they kept saying I was the, the cream of the crop. And, and they let me go. I don't even want to imagine what happened to the other guy. So can, can, can I please go home now? That was pretty sweet. Thank you, Brent. Uh, if you guys would like to send in a recording, we have a special line set up that you can call and record uh, a voicemail to, or you can send us an audio file that you mixed yourself. 
Uh, but that is for our Patreon subscribers. So if you'd like to uh, join Patreon and support the show, go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast. All right. Thanks to Brent and thanks to Neil for reading that. Uh, you guys ready to jump right into the game? Yeah, it should be uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I'm not uh, not sure how I'm going to do just one-on-one against Jeff, but uh, yesterday, I guess it would be, would be the first. That would be my birthday. So uh, hopefully I'll be riding the high. A little birthday luck for Neil there. All right, let's get started. Question one. Believe it or not, Port of Spain is not the capital of Spain, but actually the capital of this country, which Charlie Conway and company crushed in D2 Mighty Ducks 9-2. I think this works out because it's a little geography for Jeff and a little 1990s kids movies for Neil. I'm trying to remember who they crushed because the, the final game I feel like was pretty close. And we also know uh, the final game was not. Right. Yeah. Because Reykjavik is the is the capital of the country you're thinking of, right? There's there's a uh, there's a website that actually has a box score of all their games and keeps track of who scored and how many goals they scored. Who has the time? Uh, a lot of knuckle pucks, I'm mm-hmm. sure, in that nine to two. Keenan Thompson. I was just gonna say the the great Keenan Thompson. <laughs> I am in. All right, you're in. Okay, I do remember it, and I did it through Mighty Ducks. Oh, excellent. Okay, I have an answer. It's not right. But. All right, well, why don't we start with Neil's not right answer? Um, I don't even think they would have a hockey team, but I just put Morocco. Okay. But I believe the team they beat was from Trinidad and Tobago. The answer is Trinidad and Tobago. Hmm. Uh, it, was, it was not close. Trinidad and Winnebago? Yes, that's okay. exactly what I said. Okay. Gordon Bombay is disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he should be disappointed in himself for having a DUI. <laughs> That's how that movie starts, isn't it? Yeah, how the first one starts. Yeah, yeah. and then he drives onto ice, proving that he's safe to drive again. You leave Emilio alone. Uh, Emilio. <laughs> Emilio. All right. Question two. Possibly the best medicine, N2O, is more commonly referred to as this. Oh, I kind of have an idea here. I'm just going to say nitrous oxide. Call it a day. All right. So you're in with nitrous oxide? Mm-hmm. Uh, you said it was N2O? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I thought nitrous oxide, but I didn't know if that was a thing. When you said the best medicine, I just thought of, thought of laughter, and I feel like we breathe out carbon monoxide. It could be wrong, but that's what I put. Well, seeing as how um, nitrous oxide induces laughter, and laughter is the best medicine, I'm going to take it that it's nitrous oxide. So the answer that I was looking for was laughing gas, which is nitrous oxide. Mm. So I'm going to give that to Jeff there. At least I, I got the laughter end of that. You had an idea where I was going with yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Points for Jeff there. What's the score check after two? 20 to nothing. 20 to nothing, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, I'm just going to keep doing that as long as Neil's losing. <laughs> <laughs> Question three. In the late 1950s, there were two musicals that both had a song named Maria in them. Which ones were they? Remembering the Santana song may actually help you with this one. Both furiously wrote for a couple seconds and then <laughs> got stuck. I think I think Neil and I both agree on one immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neil has a lot of experience with musicals. I do, yeah. I'm just the one that it is for sure, and I believe is in the '60s, though. Are you talking about the actual musical or the movie? I'm saying the musicals. Oh, oh okay. Then I think. <laughs> Listen to the question. I know. I think I'm in then. Okay. All right, Neil's in. Jeff, you still thinking? Yeah, I've got one, but I I can't come up with the other one. I don't think. Yeah. Yep, I'm good. All right. Uh, why don't we start with Jeff? So I'm pretty sure one of them is uh, Fiddler on the Roof, but the other one I couldn't come up with. Mm-hmm. 
So you got Fiddler on the Roof? Yes. All right. And Neil? Um, so Maria, most famously from West Side Story. Ah, uh, is it West Side Story? Yeah. Darn not, it. I not, had West not, Side Story and crossed it out. Yes. Yeah, not Fiddler. And then I believe Sound of Music. And the answer is West Side Story and Sound of Music. So Neil on yeah. the board. Yeah, that's uh, Santana's song was Maria Maria. And oh, yeah. She reminded him of a West Side Story. Spanish Harlem. Yeah. Actually, there's a current song that uses like a sample of that, hmm. which is very weird. But moving on to question four. In 1999, this legendary owner referred to his pitcher Hideki Arabu as a fat toad after failing to cover first base in a spring training game. One of my favorite quotes of all time. All right. I'm just in with a guess because I, I don't know too many owners. I know a few, but the, the one that I think it is is not coming to mind. <laughs> I give up really easy if I don't know it. I'm a quitter. Maybe I should, maybe that should be my New Year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I resolute to think more than thirty seconds for some of these questions. <laughs> I feel like it's the uh, the guy who owns the Yankees, but I can't remember his name. All right, I I can't remember the name of the owner that I'm thinking it is, but I, I settled on an answer, so I think we're good. All right, um, why don't we start with Neil? So uh, I don't know too many baseball owners, but I know one that this sounds like it could be uh, sort of the Jerry Jones equivalent in the MLB. Um, and all I heard in my head was uh, was Costanzo, uh, Costanzo. <laughs> George. Uh, so I put uh, Steinbrenner from the Yankees. All right. And Jeff? I was trying to get to the answer. I wrote George on my page. Uh, I was trying to think of George Steinbrenner, but unfortunately I couldn't. So I wrote Jerry Reinsdorf. Ah, so close. It is George Steinbrenner. Yeah, I know I was on the right track, but I just couldn't get there. All right. Looks like going into question five, it's 20 to 20. So we got a tight game going. All right. Uh, question five is our listener submitted question. If you have a question uh, that you'd like read on the air, just um, feel free to email us at trivialitypodcast at gmail.com and we'll read that on the air uh this one comes from jan winter so thank you jan which state borders only one other state i'm in hmm. you can eliminate two neil that don't border any other state <laughs> <laughs> that didn't help him at all i've been doing a lot of not helping lately yeah okay neil not as certain on that one why don't we start with neil yeah i was trying to go through the states and picture the map in my head and i just wasn't having uh an easy time. So I don't know why, for some reason I thought it was somewhere in the South, but I just ended up going Northeast and I went with Maine. All right. And Jeff hate it when he does that. <laughs> uh, so it shares its border with New Hampshire. The state is Maine. Yep. The answer is Maine. So points for both of you guys. Well, it's a good guess. Yeah. I mean, really, once it comes down to it, there's really only a few options when you start really right. thinking about it. Um, moving on to question six. So take a Marvel leading man and combine it with a 1954 William Golding novel to get this new movie title, not starring Jeff Goldblum, surprisingly. So you want the title mashup, right? Correct. I'm in. I like the clue, too. Quite nice. Mm-hmm. Wasn't sure if it fit, but it kind of does. Yeah, so. it works. I, I know what you're getting at. How familiar are you with Marvel leading men, Neil? I know them all. I just don't. I'm, I'm I guess, confused if you're looking for the actor's name or the actual character. That can make things tricky. The uh, the novel doesn't help you very much. <laughs> no. Uh, this, so this is an actual movie coming out? Nope. Made it up. Oh, it's a fake Oh, I see. Okay. It's a movie title mashup. Oh, I get Okay. We'll um, get there. <laughs> little by little. I feel like the answer will find a way. I'm upset at you. <laughs> Why do you do this? I was going to make a joke, and then I was just like, no, that practically gives him the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. No, it doesn't. Not going to do it. Can't do it. Is this one of those that like Neil somehow seems like he's like not anywhere near and then ends up getting it like 
yeah. the last second. Like, like Maine. All right, I don't know. I got an answer. <laughs> I can't think. I can't remember if this is. Um, you said William Holden. William Golding. Golding. Sorry. Golding. If, if is that Lord of the Flies? Um, Lord. Robert Jr. Chris Evans, Benedict Cumberbatch, Chris Hemsworth. That's time. St- I got it. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't describe the mental gymnastics that Neil just went through to get to this answer, or and- the or the pain of me like just sitting here with the answer twice in a row now and just watching Neil like <laughs> well, slowly back his way well, into let's, it. Let's listen to Neil's answer first. Neil, what did you say? Well, when you said Marvel leading man, uh, for some reason, I thought maybe you were going actor. So I had to go through all the Marvel actors who play people. And then I recognized that the name William Golding is, I think, Lord of the Flies is the author of that book. So when I when I heard Lord of the Flies in my head, I was like, oh, I think he meant actual superhero. So I put Star Lord of the Flies. And Jeff? I went a much simpler path. I started with William Golding's basically only famous novel. The only one he wrote in 1954, as far as I'm sure of. And... Uh, so Lord of the Flies is the right novel, mm. so I figured it's got to be Star Lord of the Flies. Yep, and that is the answer. And The Fly is a Jeff Goldblum movie, is it not? Yes, yes. it is. A very yeah, good I, one. I didn't put that together, and uh, we edited out a bunch, but it was basically me going through like all these people and them making jokes and laughing, and then I ended up pulling it out somehow. So, <laughs> Because this is exactly what happens every single time. All right, moving on to question seven. In October of 2016, teenage YouTuber James Charles became the first person to hold this distinction. In 2016, his name's James what? James Charles. This is where we would plug our YouTube channel if we had one. We do. We have a YouTube channel? We do. Wow. What's on it? Nothing. The recordings of episodes. Oh, excellent. If you'd like us to make some YouTube comment, send us an email at trivialitypodcast.com. We could take videos of you guys making faces while you don't know the answer to this question. Yeah, this one, I don't know. There, it could be so many different things that I don't even want to really go through all of them. I know what them. you mean. Because my first thought was, it, since it could be anything, it's like first person to die on YouTube Live. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it could be anything. Right. Jeff, you got an answer down? Yeah, I think so. Why don't we start with you? Um, I'm going to say that uh, I think this this was an event that actually happened this year. Um, so I don't remember. But there was a teenager this year who... Um, was uh, fatally injured doing mm-hmm. a YouTube video. So I said that he was fatally injured. Okay. Uh, I was going to put that. I was going to put maybe he was the first person to die on YouTube. Um, but uh, I just put uh, he was the first person uh, who was not an adult to get 1 million subscribers, which, mm-hmm. yeah. That makes sense, too. So he was actually mostly known for doing makeup tutorials, and he was the first male spokesperson for CoverGirl That's Cosmetics. right. Oh, I that do, is right. Yeah. I, know. I do know that. I know. Yeah. I know exactly who it is now. Well, that doesn't help you at all, so no points there. And as far as, um, there's there's a lot of teenagers that have a million subscribers. Yeah. It's nuts. Like, um, yeah. I think MKBHD had it while he was still a teenager. Like, yeah. his stuff's really good, too. So There's a lot of people watching YouTube to ha- have all these channels that have millions of subscribers. Mm-hmm. And well, there's videos. a lot of overlap, too, because there's a f- quite a few people that I like mm-hmm. that have multiple millions of subscribers, and I can imagine that it's much like me, many of the same people. So. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to question eight. This 1993 movie had to be filmed at night due to the filming location being in use during the day. 1993 movie. Where's your best of the best episode on 1993 movies? (laughs) I know all about 1994 movies now. 94 is like generally regarded as one of the best years for movies of all time. Cinema, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not Titanic. Because that was 97? (laughs) Yes. 
Also, they weren't using the boat during the day. <laughs> they, they they did most of the night scenes because that's when it actually happened. <laughs> yeah, for, for realistic purposes. Well, I can imagine you could you can fake like a lot of indoor scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Well, I don't know how movies work. None of us here do, so. Not really, no. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe award-winning director Neely Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm just praying Neil gets a film question wrong because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm in with a, a definitely wrong answer. All right, Jeff. Um, so I was thinking that maybe it would be film, hard to film on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. So mm-hmm. I said trading places. Don't know if that's 93, but I think that's earlier. But could be Neil. Um, I for some reason I just put Home Alone too. Uh, you know what the real tragedy is? I'm not even supposed to be here today. The answer oh. is Clerks. Mm. Are you kidding? Yeah, the answer is. Clerks. I thought about that, but I was like, no. What if it's a twenty-four hour? That was my immediate thought. Was well, yeah. what if it's a twenty-four hour establishment? Yeah. yeah. Uh, each night, uh, Kevin Smith and his crew had to like disassemble the entire store, moving shelving and unplugging refrigerators to make room for the equipment, and then have it like back in order by the day because they kept using it as an actual. I'm very disappointed that that one did come across my mental radar. <laughs> yeah, I knew that too. I wasn't even thinking of Clerks. <sighs> All right, no points there. So moving on to question nine. In poker, a pair of aces and a pair of eights is also referred to as what? Got it. Okay, I'm in. All right. Uh, Jeff, you were in fast. What'd you say? That's a dead man's hand. All right. Neil? Mm. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah, I just didn't think I had the mental capacity to think about this question, and I was like, oh, it's aces and eights. So <laughs> that, is, that is what it is, but it's uh, referred to as a dead man's hand. Mm. Uh, it's the hand that was supposedly held by Wild Bill Hillcock while he was murdered. Yep. Um, and that's why they call it that. But yeah, aces and eights is a popular phrase as well. Right. So. Yeah, I think they showed that on Deadwood, which was mm-hmm. a great show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Question 10. In poetry, what character is killed with a vorpal blade? Must have been hard to hit it with its slick dance moves. This is very nerdy, but I know vorpal from um, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> That that is a that is a characteristic of certain types of of weapons that you can have. Mm-hmm. I just don't think I'm going to come up with another name though, so I'm just playing with my gut today, which is probably why it's four out. Of, it's going to be four yeah. out of ten here in this first round. Playing with your gut on New Year's Day is always a bad idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we, like, we like a lot of guts here, don't we? <laughs> yeah, a lot of guts. Uh, all right, I, I'm in with an answer that I. I don't think is right i'm in with a joke answer so you don't have to worry about it perfect what's your joke answer jeff uh so i said michael jackson no one's got slicker dance moves all right uh neil i put beowulf so the answer is a jabberwocky oh yeah lewis carroll ah yes it was brillig neil would you like to explain the dance move portion of that quiz uh well the jabberwockies uh from america's next best dance crew is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. <laughs> they wear masks and they, they're really, really tight crew. <laughs> they're a tight crew. We we considered uh, signing up for season two, but it just, the timing never worked out. I was never going to get that. I wonder if the Vorpal comes from that, though, because in Dungeons and Dragons, just a brief aside. Yeah. It's from uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, gotcha. The Jabberwocky is. Well, the, well, and Lewis Carroll also yeah. had a poem called Jabberwocky. But yeah, whatever happened to the Jabberwocky? Or not Lewis Carroll. Was it Lewis Carroll? The dancers? Yeah, what are they doing? Uh, I think they're extras in every Magic Might movie. Are they? No, I made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I heard that they had the masks that, and they were uh, fused to their face. Yeah. <laughs> they're committed to the I just bit. want to show how nerdy I am. Vorpal, I believe, in Dungeons & Dragons, for the record, uh, allows ones to ignore armor. Uh, <laughs> that's what the, the bonus of that is. So yes. cut through like they had no armor. That's plus 10 nerd for you. I know. <laughs> Great job. 
All right, so we are moving on to the swing round. It's a special swing round today designed by me. Do you guys know in sports what kind of goes on on New Year's Day regularly? Winter uh, Classic? Or, yeah, That's or uh, bowl games. It's bowl, bowl games. games. Yep, that's right. So I have 10 bowl games listed down here. Uh, some of them are real and some of them are fake. And it's going to be up to you guys to figure that out. Um, for each one you get right, it's going to be five points. Um, you guys ready to go? Yeah, let's try it. We're good. All right. The first one, the Hormel Chili Bowl. Number two, the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Number three, the Salad Bowl. Number four, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Number five, the Comcast Xfinity Streaming Bowl. Number six, the Little Cuties Clementine Bowl. Number seven, the Poulon Weed Eater Independence Bowl. Number eight, the St. Petersburg Bowl presented by Beefo Brady's. Number nine, the Duck Commander Independence Bowl. And number 10, the Bitcoin St. Petersburg Bowl. So we have the Hormel Chili Bowl. We have the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. We have the Salad Bowl. The Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. The Comcast Xfinity Streaming Bowl. The Little Cuties Clementine Bowl. The Poulon Weed Eater Independence Bowl. Uh, St. Petersburg Bowl presented by Beef O'Brady. The Duck Commander Independence Bowl. And the Bitcoin St. Petersburg Bowl. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I thought what you were going to do was, when you said bowls, was named like the New Year's Six, which I believe is the uh, Orange Rose Bowl, the uh, Fiesta Bowl, Sugar Bowl, um, Cotton Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Bowl, and Peach. And Peach, yeah. Mm -hmm. But at least we know those. Yeah. Not that it will help us. I mean, you, you and I both know this. And I always know it as the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> I have been to several of those. The Fiesta? No, I've been to, yeah, Fiestas, yeah. No, I've been, <laughs> I was at uh, two consecutive cotton bowls. And so. Uh, I mean, the Rose Bowl used to be a New Year's tradition, because, but then it became part of the BCS. So now it's one of the rotating games Correct. for the championship. Yeah. They, so they, they still do the New Year's Six, Neil, but only four of those are BCS championship playoff games. And they're not now. all played on New Year's Day anymore. So mm. four of them are BCS, and then the other two are just BS. So they're all, they're all, yeah, they're all BCS, but no, they, they change which ones are playoff games. They rotate mm. them. So I, I, I think I'm all in. I'm not going to get any better than this. I mean, there's a lot of other big bowls too that we didn't mention um, that get a lot of play. So yeah. All right. There's a uh, there's like a salad bowl, punch bowl, punch bowl, toilet bowl, toilet bowl. These are geek bowl. We'll geek get into bowl. that. Yeah, we'll get into the geek bowl. Nice segue there. <laughs> all um, right. But yeah, I'm, I'm all in. All right. Uh, so for number one, the Hormel Chili Bowl. What'd you guys say? 
I said it was not. I said it's not. That is a fake one. Yep. I made that up. Number two, the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. I think that's a real one. Okay. I'm almost positive that one's real. That's a real one, and it's this year. So, yeah, they changed it to it this year. Um, number three, the Salad Bowl. I said that was real. Uh, I said no. Um, I didn't think it was real. I don't think that one's real. So it is a real one. Really? It existed from 1947 to 1955. Oh, that's why I didn't know it. <laughs> Not a current one. You didn't go to one of these is what I'm saying. All right. Number four, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. So I said if the salad bowl was simple enough to be real, and then now it says you said it was in the old days, I'm going to say that the uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl is also real. Mm-hmm. I think they're still doing it. Yep. It is real, and it's from 2011 to current. Mm-hmm. So it's still going on. Um, number five, the Comcast Xfinity Streaming Bowl. Neil, what did you say? Uh, I, I won't be surprised if it's real, but I said it was fake. I had an inclination that it was fake, but I was just like, no, maybe they maybe they bought a bowl game in the last couple of years that I didn't notice, so I said it was real. Uh, that one is fake. That was a toss-up, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, these are all toss-ups. Come on. All right, number six, the Little Cuties Clementine Bowl. So uh, I thought maybe you were playing off of the Orange Bowl here. I couldn't remember if Little Clementines backed anybody, so I said uh, that you made it up. It was fake. Mm-hmm. I actually had the same thinking as Jeff. I was like, I-, I wonder if he looked at the Orange Bowl and was like, what else is kind of like an orange? So I said it was fake. That is fake. And I believe there was a Clementine Bowl at some point in time, uh, but it does not exist now, and it wasn't presented by Little Cuties. Well, there's a Clementine Bowl in my kitchen if you want right now. <laughs> All right, number seven, the Poulon Weed Eater Independence Bowl. Neil. I said that was real. This was very specific, so I figured that it was real. <laughs> that was real. It was from 1991 to 1997. All right, the St. Petersburg Bowl presented by Beefo Brady. Jeff. This is another toss-up for me. Um, could have been real. Um, I said it was not, so I went fake. All right, Neil. I also went fake. That one is real. Hmm. It existed in 2009. For one year. So you'll see the St. Petersburg Bowl, kind of. I remember the Beef O'Brady, but I didn't know if it was St. Petersburg or not, so. Number nine, the Duck Commander Independence Bowl. Neil. Uh, This is one of the only ones that I recognized, uh, maybe like one or two of them, and I'm pretty sure that one's real. Okay, Jeff? Um, I also feel like that one's real. That one is real, and it was in 2014. All right, and finally, uh, a little uh, relevant these days, the uh, Bitcoin St. Petersburg Bowl. Neil. I was thinking that it was too soon uh, for them to sponsor a bowl game, but then I was also like, it is pretty popular with the uh, cryptocurrency phase, so I said it was real. And Jeff? Um, I, I don't think they're centralized enough to really do that, which is why I said it was fake. So it is real, and hmm. it's from 2014. If you had invested $1,000 in Bitcoin in 2014, you'd be close to a millionaire today, but you didn't, so we do podcasts instead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and did that little teaser for the Geek Bowl. Uh, Neil, why don't you give us a little bit of information on the Geek Bowl? Yeah, so Jeff and I can break some stuff down. So we are going to Geek Bowl. We did announce on a previous episode. Uh, we're going as a team, and uh, we're going to be uh, joining uh, two other players with us uh, to compete. But as a podcast, though, we wanted to try and, and run an event. Uh, of course, we're going to be available to hang out with anyone who wants to hang out with us. So just send us an email, send us a message. We'll grab a beer, get lunch, get food, uh, you know, play a trivia game, whatever you guys would like. Uh, but on top of that, we wanted to plan uh, some sort of special event, uh, which is what we're calling, if it'll happen, the Triviality Evening at the Double Deuce. And uh, I'll let uh, Jeff kind of explain what we're trying to do with that and, uh, you know, what it will entail. Yeah. Uh, as Neil mentioned, we're uh, we thought it'd be fun to do an evening out. Uh, so we're looking at different venues and things like that. Currently, 
uh, we're thinking that the cost will be about $50 a person or maybe a little less. Um, most of that goes towards the venue and uh, we're going to be covering um, some other things. We're doing a raffle. Uh, we're going to be doing gift bags for everybody. That's going to come right out of our own pockets if we can do the event. And dinner and yeah. yeah. Um, so we're mostly just trying to secure a space. Uh, we'll maybe do a film screening. Um, maybe of a movie that we may have mentioned before on the show. Who knows? Um, and we're hoping to also do maybe uh, a little game, live game, something like that. So let us know if you're interested. Um, we're kind of trying to get a headcount so that we can set up a space and, and pull the trigger on this. So Yeah, we have about four or five people who said they're interested so far. And the only way we can really do it is if there's about 25 people interested. So um, like we said, if you're interested, reach out, let us know. Because if we can't secure a big enough space to do the live game, the screening uh, and everything else, we're still going to try and do some sort of um official meetup but like we said uh that does not mean that we can't hang out with you and uh we, we want to meet anyone who listens to the show and uh, that includes you know everything from drinks to dinner to just walking around boston you know talking about trivia so um as far as this official event is concerned though if you would be interested in getting a, a gift bag entering a, a raffle for a prize that we bought and then we'll buy you dinner have a screening and then hopefully a, a live game then please reach out to trivialitypodcast at gmail.com and if we can get 25, it'll happen. And we're trying to find a venue that will give us a low price to do it. But right now they're sort of handcuffing us with uh, high prices. And we're just still searching to find a low cost uh, option there. So that way, you know, you don't really have to pay too much out of pocket to come to this event. So it's more of a listener appreciation. And that's why we want to provide as much as we can to you. Thanks, Neil. Yeah. All right. Then after the swing round, the score is Neil with 85 and Jeff with 75. So it's a pretty close game. Uh, anyone's game going into round two. You guys ready? Yeah, I think that's a, a good luck charm from here. Uh, like we said, it was my birthday yesterday and I was born in 85. So that's <laughs> good for me going into a, an, uh, another round, which I'm sure I'm going to tank because I, I think it's going to be a lot of geography according to you. I'm going to so. I'm gonna just put this episode up on your birthday, actually, I think. Are you? Oh, that'll be a nice birthday gift um, for yourself. <laughs> I, I was mostly going to do it because, you know, a lot of people are off and our listeners might want to listen to it on yeah. their day off. Well, if you guys stay tuned, I have a little bit of Neil trivia. Um, if there ever is a trivia question about me that uh, you might find interesting about my birthday. We'll, we'll get to that later if I win. If I win, I'll tell you the trivia. If I lose, no trivia. For all you. right, so we're all rooting for Jeff here. Question yep. one of round two. <laughs> On the greatest teen drama ever made, The O.C., Seth Cohen creates the greatest super holiday known to mankind. What was the name of this holiday? I am in. Uh, I didn't watch The O.C. Oh, shame. Shame, shame. <sighs> this is one of those things like I feel objectively bad saying that i love this show but at the same time i love this show it's a great show all right i have an answer and i didn't i never watched this show everyone was into it and i didn't watch it um but there's a, a phrase that i i hear all the time and i'm sure it's not i think it's from a comedy skit but i, I got an answer all right neil what'd you say i said chris mahanaka all right and jeff you're very close very it's chris yes the answer is chris Maka. uh mm-hmm. seth says in the first season that it's eight days of presents followed by one day of many presents Ah, Rachel yeah. Wilson's had a bit of a resurgence with uh, Heart of Dixie. Heart of Dixie, which yep. I watch, but we don't talk about it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving on to question two. In his final game of the 1997 season, St. Louis Blues player Craig McTavish became the last player to ever do this in an NHL game. Ah, this was on another episode. I believe you uh, you may have missed something here. This has been asked before? Yeah. I think this might actually might have been a, an episode where Matt was either uh, nursing a raccoon back to health or fighting crime <laughs> in the suburbs. 
Yeah, we make up a lot of really fun things that you're doing. Well, this shows that I clearly listened to the episodes I'm not on. <laughs> so for our listeners, sorry that this is a, re- a repeat question, but for Jeff and I, uh, we'll gladly take the points. That's right. Well, I just really want to hammer it home in case you guys didn't know the answer to it. I think I asked this question. All right. So it seems like you guys are familiar with this question, possibly. Um, Jeff, what do you say then? So um, the way it was asked last time, I think, if Neil and I are not mistaken, was... Uh, what was he the last person to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so he went out on top. Um, he was grandfathered into the NHL rule change where he no lo- didn't have to wear a helmet. So I believe that is what you're asking. He mm-hmm. didn't have to wear a helmet. He went out not wearing a helmet. Yeah, and uh, Brent Bullmeyer was going to get a second shout-out this episode uh, because of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, yeah, I put uh, he uh, wore a helmet. And that is correct. He, or uh, did not have to wear a helmet. <laughs> I was going to say, Neil, yeah. careful there. <laughs> yeah, sorry. He did not have your, to wear a helmet. Your free points last uh, person. Price. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That would that'd be the anti Neil is when you have an answer given to you and then you somehow pull it out in the opposite <laughs> you do way. the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. You're um, so confident you walk it in. Like um uh what's his name from the Eagles? Carson Wentz? No, no, it was um Deshaun Jackson when he <laughs> oh, like yeah, spiked yeah. the ball like two yards from the field. Yeah, Carson Wentz won't be uh, walking in any answers anytime soon. <laughs> Sorry, Eagles fans. <laughs> uh, how great is that? All right. Just to clarify, yes, he was the last person to not have to wear a helmet. Yes. Yep. Points for both of you guys for remembering a thing that happened. That's actually a great lesson, though, a trivia lesson, because on the show, after we record, uh, and many times it's either Ken or I who edit the episode, I have no idea what I said on the episode, <laughs> and I usually don't remember anything that I, I'm trying to retain, but I did retain that. Yeah. So there's hope. <laughs> I, I was thinking of Soap McTavish, and I'm, I, I think that's a character in like a video game or something. Soap McTavish? Yeah, it sounds. I feel super like that's a, it does, but it feels like it, I feel like it's in um. Soap McTavish sounds like the uh, the man that your parents call when your when your kid uh, swears out of line. He comes and he punches his hand into their mouth, which is made of soap. Yeah. I hope he's not real because I want someone to draw a picture of, of an, a yes. fictional. <laughs> I would soap look for McTavish. our mascot to be Soap McTavish. <laughs> it's too late. Too we've, we've we've uh, settled ourselves to Macho yes. Man. Well, once once the WWE finds out we're using his likeness repeatedly, <laughs> we'll switch it to Soap. It'll McTavish. be okay though because Vince McMahon already sold so many shares to start the yeah. XFL again. Oh, well, I saw that. As long as he's not wearing an XFL jersey. The I, the thing that I found disappointing is a four percent share is a hundred million dollars yeah. for him. Oh Ugh. man, I'm, I'm I'm disappointed. There is a soap McTavish character from Call of Duty form. Oh, it's Call of Duty. That's what it is. Not wearing a helmet, I assume. Moving on to question three. There is one Division One school that has the distinction of being known as the Penguins. Now I don't expect you to know which school, but you'll get points if you could name the state. This is any Division One. Yes, it's a Division One school. Okay. Point of clarification: You can be a Division One school, and like all of your other teams are Division Three, but one of yeah. the sports is Division One. Okay. I feel like I've heard this question before at one of our pub trivia nights, and I can't. Okay, I'm in. I'm in too. All right, uh, Neil. What were you thinking? Um, I just kind of channeled uh, Wayne and Garth, and just said Delaware. Okay, Jeff. So I was I was trying to play the odds a little bit. I thought it would be funny to say something like Texas or Florida. Where it would be, mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunities for you to have a Division One school there, but also at the same time, it would be kind of funny if there were penguins. Um, but sticking in that kind of train of thought, I thought, what's a highly populated state that might be a little bit colder? They might go with penguins. So I went New York. All right. Um, if I said the school was Youngstown State, would that help anybody? Yes, it's Ohio. The answer is Ohio. They are the only oh. penguins. There's nothing cute about it. It's just the answer so is the Ohio. O- that's the only penguins in Division One. Yes. Wow. So it's not the Ohio State? The, yes. The yeah. Youngstown State penguins. Yeah. I love Ohio. You're a big Ohio fan, right? 
Drew Carey. Yeah. Yes. Other than that, no, no. Uh, I do like I do like Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've always been an, an Indians and a Cubs fan my whole life. So uh, those are my American and National League teams. You disagree with Joe, Joakim Noah's distinction that there's nothing cool about Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland rocks. So. Uh, right. Yeah, I like Cleveland. Shout out to Cleveland. Shout out to Cleveland. All right, moving on to question. Four. I like to flee to the Cleve. I said, moving on to question four. Club going up on a Tuesday seems like a good thing. City's going down on a Tuesday. Not as much. What city fell on a Tuesday, causing the Greeks to consider it to be the unluckiest day of the week? I just had a random word enter my head, so I'm just going gonna to put it down on the page. I will put in a, uh, a guess. All right. Looks like both of you guys are in. Uh, Jeff, what did you say? So um, when you think of cities that fall, I was thinking about the fall of Troy. Mm. Um, but I don't believe that's a Greek city. I think that's a that was a Macedonian city. Um, so I, I guessed Sparta. Okay. Neil? Uh, I thought you were going to talk about the rise of Troy, Troy Bolton in High School Musical, uh, <laughs> the trilogy. But uh, I went, uh, I don't even know if this is a city in Greece, but uh, for some reason Thermopylae was in my head. So The answer is Constantinople. Ah, oh. Not Greek. Not Greek, but that's where they consider, that's where it comes from. Uh, Tuesday the 13th is the unlucky day in uh, in that culture. Well, Neil, we're all in this together. <laughs> that, that was a good, good reference. See, I, I, no one gave me any crap for knowing Troy Bolton, played by the uh, effervescent Zac Efron. I don't have that You mean nobody, time. but <laughs> we're all thinking it. We don't have that much time. No. On to question five, our listener submitted question. This one comes from Adam Babasi. Thanks, Adam. Peacock is how a male is identified. How are females identified in this particular brand of fowl? Feminine. Oh boy. Don't. I mean, don't feel bad. It's it's a guess at best. Yeah. I, I'm. This is gonna sound so dumb, but I'm just gonna put an answer in. All right, you guys are in. Uh, Neil, what'd you say? I could not think of uh, where this could go. Uh, sort of a path, and uh, I stupidly put turkey, even though I'm sure that is okay. incorrect. So, you know, I never really thought about it before. I've heard them called peafowl, mm-hmm. um, never even thinking about peacocks being only male. Um, but on the general logic of, um, you know, birds, bird law, I went uh, peahens. And the answer is peahen. Wow. Jeff was right. And I'm really proud of you guys for not saying peagina, which is what I would have said. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, asparagus. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it's not the it's not the peafowl, Jeff. That's what asparagus is called. <laughs> Uh, I've heard them called peafowl, like yeah. as a as a breed. You the, know, the actual breed of the bird is a peafowl, and a peacock is only the male. Only the male. I've never thought about that. Hm. Yeah. All right. Question six: The sea creature Asterius rubens has how many eyes? No telling if it can use them to see in hot dog flavored water. What? <laughs> <laughs> that reference is for anyone who's ever had a wallet chain. Oh. The reference about hot dog flavored water? Yes. Oh, I was thinking of um, the uh, Joey Chestnut, Nathan's, because <laughs> they have to dip it in the water. Right. Uh, the mind goes interesting places. Wow. I, I, I have no idea. There's a lot to this question. I'll explain it. What uh, is it? Asterius Aster- rectum? What is it? Asterius oh. Rubens. Oh, Ru- okay. yeah, Asterius Paul Rubens. Again, Neil, the mind goes interesting places. Yes. Asterius uh, Paul Rubens. How many eyes? Well, let's just go with a number. I got one. I got one. 
All right. Uh, Neil, what'd you say? I said 12. Okay. Uh, I went on the logic that a lot of things are um, octo in the sea. I went, I guessed eight. Okay. So an Asterius Rubens is a starfish. Oh, oh so. uh, the clue being chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water being a Limp Biscuit album. Oh, no. So there's a lot there. Um, Zero eyes. They have five eyes. What? Actually, really? the ends of all their arms have an eye on them. Huh. It's kind of creepy. So the answer is five. Hmm. That's oh. cool. You can cut a starfish in half and it'll regrow. Yeah. And there are different kinds of starfish. Um you know, they have different, not all of them have five legs. There's some that have multiple ones, but the Asterius Rubens particularly has, is the standard one that you think of that has five um, legs. Is that on your business card? There are, there are like, um, <laughs> you can cut a starfish in half and it'll grow. There, there are like salamanders and stuff that'll do that too. They're, I mean, they're looking into it for um, trying to regrow like limbs for amputees. Yeah. Mm. Dr. Croc's pretty far along in that. Well, he, his shoes are already really popular. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like any of that. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm on migraine medicine, so I'm a little hippie. <laughs> All right, let's do question seven. Bad Baby, spelled B-H-A-D-B-H-A-B-I-E, a.k.a. Daniel Peskowitz, released her first single this year called These Hoes, spelled H-E-A-U-X, which is an absolute banger if you ask me. While this might be her first exposure in the music industry, it is not her first exposure on television. What TV show did she get her start on? Oh, I... Oh, man. Um, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay. Wait, well... Neil's got a lot of thoughts on this one. I have a lot of things that I've written down. And I, I'm trying to decide... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm pretty sure. We should definitely uh, end I, this episode with these hoes, by the way. It's a classic. I, if, it's, if it's who I think it is, I think I know through the grapevine someone who directed the uh music video for it and if it's if it's who i think it is and i've commented on their instagram post then i think i know i think i can i think i can all right i'm in i'm in that's a lot of things neil yeah almost as many things as matt's question yeah there's a lot in there we'll see what i'm trying Some to it's relevant what i'm trying to do is is what uh fighter jets do where i'm throwing those like weird things out from behind to confuse your missiles <laughs> whatever that's called someone write in i don't know all right, I'm in with a guess. I don't, I don't know who this is. I've never heard the song. <laughs> I have no bearings, so I wouldn't feel bad about not hearing the song. I imagine, uh, Neil. What did you say? I'm pretty sure this is uh, "Catch Me Outside." How about that? Uh, which is Doctor Phil? Oh, gross! Is that right, who Jeff? this is? If that's true, I'm, I'm even more disappointed in you, Neil. <laughs> uh, so I, I just guessed Glee. Yes, the answer is Doctor Phil. Oh. How about that? <laughs> How about that? I had to ask a question. So wrong. I wanted to start 2018 off with a really, really relevant question. So well, relevant and important in these times. Yeah, relevant and important is a different thing. And yeah. we never heard from her again. Danielle Peskowitz is her name. Yes. Let's just not repeat. How it. about that? How yeah. about that? <laughs> All right. All right. Question eight. Which former capital city is the only major city to be located concurrently on two different continents? I'm in. This one's a little bit more in Jeff's wheelhouse. It is very much in Jeff's wheelhouse. Funny thing about this too, Neil, which I will tell you after we're done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're liking the geography today. I wrote, you know, I got, I got on a geography kick when I looked at a map. It Um, is not hard for me. That's like, that's a Saturday afternoon. It's just like looking at maps and (laughs) a little cartology cartography yep that's what i meant i'm really good at this i have an answer all right um let's start with that answer neil i put the washington capitals all right <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right 
Jeff? Uh, this city is of major interest uh, for a few reasons. Um, one is it's a major choke point for Russia getting to the sea until the northern sea ice melts. Um, other than that, though, Matt actually asked a question that involved this city earlier this game. Oh. And uh, if you also know, um, in our personal pub trivia, um, a lot of people think that this is the capital of Turkey, which, of course, the capital now is Ankara. But Caracas? Ankara, Turkey. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's Istanbul, also known as Constantinople. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. Oh, Caracas is Poland. Caracas is Venezuela. Venezuela. Oh, yeah. We had a question about Caracas. Like, we, we did. Caracas? Caracas? Sorry. Caracas? You're thinking of, yeah, say you're your thinking answer. Of, you're thinking of Caracas ham. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my favorite ham. That's right. Caracas is my favorite ham. Uh, was that the Neil trivia you were going to give away later? No, no, it's not. So, yeah, no, anyways, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> Neil's favorite ham. He's actually holding favorite turkey in the bag for later. Uh, Neil's favorite ham is a good name for this episode. My favorite turkey is a turkey burger uh, filled with uh, a... Uh, a feta cheese and a spinach. See, I just go ground up bacon and everything. Hmm. All right, moving on to question nine. In science, what does PSI stand for? I am in. Okay, I think I'm in. All right, uh, Jeff, what did you say? I said that is pounds per square inch. And Neil? That's what I said. It's pounds per square inch. Good job, both of you guys. It's going to come as no surprise to anybody that I do not use PSI. Um, I measure everything in bar. So. Ah. You do ballet. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to question 10, which is unfortunately another science question because uh. I didn't paste these well. Mass energy equivalence is more frequently expressed as this notation. I'm in. Um, okay. Looks like I backloaded the Jeff question. So. I'd like to phone a friend, Zach Knott. Please help me here. <laughs> or anyone else on 42. Mass energy equivalence, also known as me. It's all about me, Neil. <laughs> I feel like that'd be a a Aziz Ansari joke. He'd be like, he'd be like, <laughs> he'd be like what? what? I, no. I tell, yeah, I tell girls to to call the mass energy equivalence, which is me. Well, he's a shorter guy, so he might be wanting to talk about how uh, his mass is overcome by the fact that he's full of energy. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, where's Ken to give his impression of him? Uh, we'll just uh, we'll cut that in later. Well, he's still here. He's just not talking. Well, he's yeah. he's he's motioning right now, and he's just saying, "Get the show moving." <laughs> He's been doing it for an hour. He's now. been doing it for an hour. Uh, mass energy equivalence. Um, all right, I'm in. All right, uh, Neil, what'd you say? I just put me, M E. Okay. I believe you. What you're referring to is the interchange of matter and energy, and energy equals matter, or sorry, mass times the constant c speed of light squared. Yep. E equals mc squared. The answer is E equals mc squared. Ooh, that was a softball, and I was not thinking in that direction. <laughs> no? You didn't even put it a notation. You just wrote letters. I didn't, yeah. I was I was doodling on the page here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and after regulation, uh, Jeff did really well in that round, um, adding 60 points to the score, getting up to 135. Uh, Neil adding just 30, so he's up to 115, and it's just a 20-point game going into the final. All right, and how that final is going to work is uh, both of our contestants are going to be able to wager up to 30 points in each of the five categories, up to the points they've accumulated so far. You guys ready to hear the categories? Indeed. All right, category one, got to support the team. Category two. Oh, is that the name of it? Yes. Oh. No, that is what it is. <laughs> got to support the team? Yep. Okay. Category two, it's fun to stay there. Category three, getting lit. <laughs> That would be the best category yet. 
Category four, colorful anatomy. And category five, in a galaxy far, far away. I realize my categories don't help anybody with wagering. They don't really. <laughs> Ever. No. <laughs> it could just be science or math, but that's boring. All right, the wagers are in. You guys ready to hear the questions? Yep. All right. In Gotta Support the Team, which NFL team retired the number 12 in 1984 in honor of their fans, which call themselves the 12th man? Oh. In It's Fun to Stay There, what were the six characters portrayed by the members of the village people? Oh, man. Crap, I thought this was like stay as in geographic location. I thought this was ge- geography. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to do anything on that. In Getting Lit, there is no standard size for a shot of alcohol in the United States, except in this one particular state, where a single shot is defined as exactly 1.5 fluid ounces. Which state can you be certain that the bartenders are definitely getting jigger with it? Don't shake your head at me. <laughs> I actually kind of like that one. <laughs> in Colorful Anatomy, over one half of all blue-footed boobies on the planet are found in this very specific location. You have to repeat that one. I have no I idea what that was. <laughs> it's really hard to say it. The blue-footed booby? Yeah. That's not that hard. I know. You just have to not be 12 years old. I know. Blue-footed booby? It's a struggle. It's a colorful anatomy is what kills me on that one. I know what it is. I'm, I'm glad I did not wager on this, though. Over one half of all blue-footed boobies on the planet are found in this very specific location. And in a galaxy far, far away... Scenes filmed for Star Wars on the fictional planet Tatooine were filmed in this North African country. There's your geography question. Actually, when you said galaxy, I was thinking it might be out of space. So I was good either way. (laughs) You're happy with space. (laughs) All right. I'm all in. I am in too. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, looks like both of you guys are in. Um, So I'll read the wagers, and then we'll get some answers. Um, In Gotta Support the Team, Neil wagered 10, Jeff with 0. Neil, what did you say? Uh, I said that was the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. And Jeff? Loudest place in football. 
the Seattle Seahawks. Yep, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they actually set the noise record for a crowd twice, uh, both in 2013. Um, they actually mostly just call their fans the Twelves now, since Texas A&M actually claims ownership over the Twelfth Man, and they say that Seattle shouldn't use it. Um, Welcome to the nest. <laughs> All right, and it's fun to stay there. Uh, Jeff wagered 20, and Neil wagered zero. Uh, why don't we start with Neil? He's got nothing on it. Uh, I put the uh, the cowboy, the Native American, the construction worker, the, the police officer, and the biker. It was only five, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's six. Oh, you need six? That doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> so no, Jeff, what do you say? Uh, cowboy, I guess, is the one that I think I'm missing. Um, I put construction worker, Indian, police officer, uh, biker, and I put sailor. All right, so the answer is a cowboy, a Native American, a police officer, a biker, a construction worker, and a military man. Oh, not specific. Non-specific. Hmm. I wonder, is he a sailor in any iterations? He could be a sailor. Because I don't know. That's We're all I'm sailors. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sailor. I'm sure uh, in the Navy they were all sailors at I mean, some they point. they sail in the seven seas. Yeah, something like that. All right. In It's Getting Lit, uh, Jeff wagered 10 and Neil with 5. Uh, why don't we start with Neil there? Yeah, so I went the Oakland 5. Um, I was between three places, and it's not really great logic, but um, I went with uh, uh, Texas, New York, and New Orleans. Uh, just New York and New Orleans were for uh, the tourism there uh, and their sort of reputation for drinking, but New York, I figured... Um, might regulate that a little bit more. Uh, just hearing John Taffer on Bar Rescue screaming at people that, you know, a shot is 1.5 fluid ounces. Um, but uh, so I was, I was going between Texas, New Orleans, and uh, New York. Um, but uh, I ended up going with uh, New York over New Orleans. Mm. New Orleans is my favorite state. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, good call. <laughs> See, I'm in a haze. All right, Jeff, what did you say? Uh, I was thinking about places that might uh, regulate a lot of things, a lot of uh, sins maybe even, so I went Nevada. All right. Well, the answer is actually Utah. Um, Utah's very, very strange alcohol laws. Um, They're actually not allowed to serve doubles at any bar. Um, They actually put up a curtain so that restaurants um, cannot show open liquor bottles. They have to be... And you can't actually make the drinks in front of the patrons. It has to be behind like a, a curtain. Uh, you know who also put up a curtain to separate themselves from something else was uh, Hulk Hogan in the film No Holds Barred. And, and I was holding out hope that you were going to say that it was the U.S. and the Soviet Union, yeah. the Iron Curtain. Oh, that's another curtain, yeah. Or the Pittsburgh Steel Curtain. There's a lot of curtains. A lot of curtains. We know a lot Jane, about it. And we're almost to the end of the Jane show. Curtain. Jane's Curtain, yes. Or Jane, Jane Curtain. <laughs> she might also own a curtain. We don't know. All right. Uh, in colorful anatomy, uh, Neil Benton five, Jeff with nothing. Uh, Jeff, what did you say? Um, this is a bird, for the record. Um, I couldn't tell you where it's from, though. I guess Australia. Okay. Uh, so I also went with an Oakland five here again. I didn't uh, know this uh, animal or creature. And when you said very specific, um, the only specific name that came in my head, which I don't even know if this is correct, but I just put the Galapagos Islands. <laughs> The answer is the Galapagos Islands. <laughs> Way to go. They're, they're more than just turtles there. Hmm. Important to know. I think you had me beat. I don't know. Not about this we'll last question. see about this last one. In a galaxy far, far away, uh, big bets here. Uh, maybe thinking it was a Star Wars question. Uh, Neil with 30 and Jeff with 20. Uh, Jeff, what did you say? So I narrowed it down to, obviously, North Africa is principally uh, Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, and Egypt. Um, 
So I was thinking of vast places with a lot of desert. Um, Libya is probably out because it's pretty hostile that it wouldn't shoot in Egypt either. Um, so I was between Morocco and Algeria, and I went Algeria. All right. Neil? I think I was getting confused with Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they filmed. Um, and uh, when you said Tunisia, it clicked in my head. But uh, I went with Morocco. And the answer is Tunisia. <laughs> It's based off a real city named Tatooine, which is located near where they were filmed. I couldn't think of Tunisia when you said that. I was like, yep, that's it. (laughs) Should have spent the night there, Neil. All right. And after a somewhat brutal final round there, uh, Jeff losing 50 points ends up in second today with 85 points. And Neil's our cream of the crop with 95. Again. In my moment of glory. Yeah, no, I'm living in a nightmare. And I am the cream. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I think the last few times that I've won, um, I was on migraine medicine. So it could be the limitless pill. <laughs> the actual limitless pill. Uh, I'm a little hazy, but since I did win, you do get the uh, Neil trivia. So my birthday's on New Year's Day. I was born uh, around midnight and 10 seconds. Uh, they had to put 1201 on the birth certificate, though, because they couldn't put seconds. And I was the first baby born in Georgia in 1985 in the newspaper. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> there you go. I do like getting lit. We wanted to give a special shout out to Matt and Mattingly's Ice Cream Social. It's a fun podcast out of Vegas uh, run by Matt, Paul, and Jacob. Uh, they're improv comedians. And uh, each uh, week, I believe there's two episodes. And you guys can uh, hear some funny stories. There's some improv going on and some great interviews that they do. But they gave us a really nice shout out on their last episode and uh, we just want to say thank you for that. And if you guys want a uh, fun comedy podcast to listen to, definitely check it out. Just uh, search Ice Cream Social, and I believe it's listed as Matt and Manly's Ice Cream Social, or you can go to HayScoops.com. All right. Thanks, Neil. Uh, and thanks, Jeff, for, uh, for a great game today. Uh, if you'd like to play along with our contestants, make sure to check out our Facebook page and download the official score sheet. Um, that we use here in the studio. If you'd like to get in touch with any of us, you can find us on Twitter, at Facebook. It's all at Triviality Pod or Triviality Podcast. But probably the best way to reach us is at the website, TrivialityPodcast.com. Other than spreading the word, the best way you can support the show is by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Triviality on your favorite podcast app. Till next time, on behalf of Neil and Jeff, my name is Matt, and that was Triviality. Because you're too streetwise? Yup. And all these hoes laughing like something funny. She's talking about the audience, that they're laughing at her. Did, did you say the, the, the hoes are laughing? Yep. Catch me outside, how about that? Catch you outside? I ain't nothing like these hoes.